This is the Lunduke Journal podcast for Sunday, October 9th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And as with every Sunday, today we're doing the news, the important news, the news that truly matters. Linux stuff and Unix stuff and alternative operating systems and retro computing and all the, the sort of thing that makes your heart sing with nerdy joy. But today we're going to start things off a little differently. We're going to start it off with a dad joke. Because there are many dad jokes in the world, and I simply can't use most of them in the comic strips that I publish every Saturday on the Lunduke Journal, because they're just not computery enough. So what follows is a dad joke. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so, see, I, I get that 10, the number 10, was scared, you know, because 7, 8, 9, you know, I mean, who wouldn't be? That's that's cannibalism. It's terrifying. But 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 why exactly did seven eat nine? Well, it turns out he he heard that you should always eat three squared meals a day. <clears throat> You're welcome for that one. Uh, but, but maybe but maybe <clears throat> maybe it wasn't seven that ten was scared of at all. Maybe 10 was just was just scared because he was right in the middle of 9-11. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> we may never know <laughs> we may never know the answer. But one thing's for certain. We know exactly why four went into hiding. He's just too squared. So welcome to the Duke Journal podcast, um, and and greetings to folks on YouTube. You see, I don't normally publish my things to YouTube. I do so, I don't know, once a month, once every two months, sometimes once every three or four months. You get a little scrap here and there. So folks on YouTube, hello, this one's going up on YouTube. And why exactly is this going up on YouTube? Because... This week, this coming week, on Wednesday, October, it's the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th? I think it's the 12th. <laughs> Whatever it is, Wednesday at 8 a.m. is the beginning of Command Line Week at the Lunduke Journal, which means we're going to be talking about all sorts of command line stuff, shell stuff, terminal stuff, text user interfaces and TUIs and all that sort of thing, stuff you use the keyboard for. That's what we're focusing on all week long from Wednesday to Wednesday, and it is going to be absolutely glorious. We did a DOS-focused week. Uh, a little less than a month ago, and it was a hoot and a half, if I do say so myself. So many people did so many weird and bizarre things, and I just love it. There was people doing little programming projects, digging into various historical things, finding software I haven't heard of in years, some I'd never heard of at all. People were were helping each other to to figure out why the heck their, their networking support <laughs> wasn't working on DOS, running on bare metal hard. It was great. It was fantastic. And I'm already seeing in the lead up to command line week, people getting ready. Like there are people that are preparing. They've got lists. They've got notes. They, they're ready to rock and roll. And I am excited to see what everyone puts out. I've, I've got a little project that I'm doing myself for command line week. And I love that everyone, not everyone's doing a project. Some people are just going to read along and see the cool tips and funky screenshots, but quite a few people 
are already getting projects going of various types. Um, I know a couple people are doing some little tiny programming projects. One guy is working on like this big documentation of awesome, awesome command line programs uh, as a project. He's putting it up on GitHub. There's a bunch of stuff like that happening. And what I'm doing is is utterly ridiculous. Uh, and it just it just sounds like a fun thing to do for a command line week. What I'm doing is I am putting together what I call Lunduke's old looking system. L-O-L-S, the LOLs. It is it is nothing but a simple Debian system that I've taken and stripped way down so that when it boots up, it auto boots into, I mean, it has an X server and everything. And, you know, it's got technically it's got a desktop, but you know, you don't have to have to see it. It boots right into a full screen version of cool retro term. And Cool Retro Term, if you haven't played with it before, is just so much fun. It's just a great terminal program, but it emulates CRT monitors with, you know, flickers and scan lines and 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 distortion and fuzziness and oh, it's just fantastic. It's a, I mean, it it doesn't perfectly capture the feeling of using a CRT because you can't reach out and tap it, you know, and hear the little glass tap. You can't reach out and touch the the screen with your finger and feel the static fuzz on it. But the look of it is right. And uh, and I'm I'm filling that little quote unquote distro up with just a bunch of my favorite command line tools and uh, and slapping a little shell on a little uh, little shell intro and, and menu system on it. Super simple. I'm going to put it up for download for everybody as kind of an easy way to try out some of the things that I'm going to be talking about during command line week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you know, just kind of just kind of a fun thing. It's not a full distro. Don't get it and use it for that. <laughs> but for but for trying out, you know, some cool command line tools, why not? And plus it's it's just fun to play with. It's just a lot of fun to play with. Uh, so that's happening. Plus, we've got a ton of upcoming events I want to call out real quick. Besides Command Line Week, coming up, we've got Haiku Week kicks off in uh, November, PDA Week in December. So like Palm OS, Windows CE, Scion, Newton, um, Linux-powered Sharp Zaris, anything that's a PDA or a Palm Top, any of it. Uh, that we'll be doing that uh, for a full week in December, and then in January we've got Eight Bit Computer Week. So you know Apple IIs and Commodore sixty fours and Ataris and Z eight whatever, right? This coming weekend, Saturday, uh, October fifteenth. We've got a founding member and lifetime subscriber video hangout that we're doing. We're doing three of those during the month of October, but this one's on Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then immediately following that is going to be our regular every week Saturday high noon Eastern hangout over on Locals at lunduke.locals.com. And that's just a, a text chat for all of the full subscribers that have a, a Locals account. Um, now, oh, 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 one thing I should mention before we hop off into the news, man, there's so much happening. <laughs> Life is fun. Um, we're, we're, we kind of had a small change, a small addition to how you can upgrade your subscriptions at the Lunduke Journal to make things a little easier and a little cheaper. So what's official now is that if you have a regular subscription monthly yearly um you can just immediately take everything you've paid into that over the last 
calendar year, so since January of the current year, and apply that towards any other subscription level. So because we have three subscription levels, regular, which is the monthly yearly thing, uh, and then founding member, which is only yearly, which gives you some extra perks and extra goodies, and then the lifetime subscription, which is like the founding member subscription, except it exists for all of time and eternity and you never have to pay anything again. So what we're doing now is if you have a subscription of any kind, so regular or founding member, you can upgrade to any other subscription level and just pay the difference. Uh, so if you've, you know, if you have a monthly subscription that you've paid for all year long since January at five bucks, well, so let's say that's that's fifty bucks over the course of the the last, you know, ten months, you can subtract fifty bucks from a founding member subscription or from a lifetime subscription. And then if it's a founding member subscription, that new subscription is yearly and starts now not back then. So you, you effectively save all the money you've currently spent on the subscriptions this year on next, the next year's subscription, which is a really friggin' great deal. I mean, it's a, it's really fantastic. This isn't like a sale or anything. This is just a new permanent policy. This is just, we're, we're kind of rolling with it. We're not changing any of the existing subscription levels. We're just making it really easy to save a whole bunch of buckazoids upgrading from one subscription level to the next uh, to kind of, I don't know, it, it feels like the right thing to do, right? Like, I don't want to nickel and dime all, all the subscribers to the Lunduke Journal. So I what I want to do is say thank you for your support. Thank you for supporting us at whatever subscription level. And if you want to upgrade and get the new cool benefits of all, of all the new one, of the of the upper level subscription, the fancy schmancy ones, uh, you can. And, you know, you, you every dollar you put in can go towards that. I, I just, it seems like the right thing to do to me. Uh, it's a nice, it's a cool way to go. Also, I'm about to sneeze. It is, uh, oh my gosh, here it comes. I'm going to, that was epic. You, I'm going to sneeze again. This is going to, oh my, is it a, holy heavens. That was a sneeze to end all sneezes. I, I muted it just in time because, oh, woo, my allergies are off the charts today. Holy heavens. I like, oh, man, I just I have <laughs> I look like the quintessential like nerd today. So I was walking around outside. And I've got, you know, my, my big, thick, black-rimmed glasses on uh, with, with the, 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 the glass that's growing ever thicker as I age because my eyesight slowly fails over time. And I'm, I'm walking around in a, in a Back to the Future t-shirt that's faded. Like, clearly, I've had this shirt for a long time. And I'm walking around in it, and uh, I'm sneezing, and I'm, like, blowing my nose because I've got, like, the allergies from all, like, the the fall allergies are happening. And then I pull out my inhaler and take a puff on my inhaler. And I was, I remember feeling like, man, I, I feel like, like, super stereotypical 1980s, like, TV show nerdy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, okay. All that, all that out of the way. The news for this week: the Free Software Foundation is now thirty-seven years old. Whoa! On October fourth, in the year of our Lord nineteen hundred and eighty-five, <laughs> Richard Stallman founded the Free Software Foundation. Now, you know, here's the thing: I'm not going to bore you with all the 
all the garbledy gook about what good the Free Software Foundation's done and the controversies surrounding it and the the impact it's had on the industry and blah, 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 blah. That We, we could talk about that another time, and we have uh, quite a few times. But here's something I kind of want to noodle on for a moment. It's just This is just a thought. That means that the day before that, on October 3rd of 1985, the Free Software Foundation didn't even exist. Which is a weird thought. It just, it struck me that the Free Software Foundation has been around for so long, sort of in the background mostly, but you just, you just constantly hear about it every now and then, right? Like, like uh, throughout the 90s and uh, especially in the 2000s, the last 20 to 30 years, it seems like every couple of months you hear about Richard Stallman or the Free Software Foundation, it's, it's just been part of our fabric, you know? It's, it's been part of the air we breathe. But there was a time when they simply didn't exist at all. And that, to me, is crazy. What would, what would the world be like? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm telling you, my allergies are nuts today. But what would the world be like if there was no free software foundation? I mean, it's hard, it's hard to be honest, to imagine a world where the FSF and the Free, the free Software Foundation, the Free Software Movement and, and, and the, the GNU Project and none of that existed. It's hard to imagine. I'm, I know some people out there probably want to imagine it. <laughs> and I know other people are terrified at the prospect of imagining it. But it is hard to imagine just the same. Their, their impact on the culture, the, the, the language, the so much. And so many technical projects is so vast. It, it, anyway, I, I just kind of wanted to noodle on that for a moment. I put, that, put that little earworm in there in your head. Imagining what the world was like if you just had never even heard the name Richard Stallman or free software, or GNU, or GPL. None of that ever came up. You just never heard of any of that. What would things be like? Not just in terms of what software would be available, and what would the licensing be like, and what would Linux be like? What would, I mean, shoot, what, what, <laughs> GitHub. I, like, there's so many things. What, what would any of them have been like? What would the culture have been like? Who would, who would be the, those tech people that would take their place, if any? I, I don't know. But it's worth noodling on. But let's move on. <laughs> Just stick that in your head. Uh, let that bounce around like a like like Pac-Man in your brain for a while. So this is a cool one. So a crazy guy, and when I say crazy guy, I mean evil genius. He this guy he got tired of how his flash-based hard drives were dead quiet. Right? Because SSDs and flash drives, MMCs, all of it, they don't make any noise. They, they're, just, they're just dead quiet. Which in some ways is nice, but I mean, I mean it's d dead quiet. But he got tired of that. He yearned, he longed, he pined for the days when his, when his old hard drives made the clickety noises, the clickety clacks, the grinding noises, the seeking noises. You know what I'm talking about. He wanted more hard drive noise. 
So he did something about it. He didn't just create a piece of software that that noticed when there was drive access and and played little little wave snippets or something like that. No, no, no. he made a piece of hardware. <laughs> this little tiny device, right? So you hook it up. And when these flash drives are accessed, when this little SSD is accessed, it makes the clicking noise. <laughs> it's this little tiny thing. And oh, you got to check out the pictures. They've got links for it over in the article. You've got to check it out. Lunduk.substack.com. You got to check it out. The, the pictures are great. It's this little itty bitty thing. And he has some video demos up. And if you watch the video demos, they're like, they're like 12, 15, 20 seconds long, something like that. Uh, they just demonstrate, you know, the noise it makes when he's doing like a check disc and whatnot. And, uh, oh man, I want it. The, the sound isn't perfect, but it's, it, it, it also isn't complete, right? Like there's so many sounds an old hard drive makes. Like there's there's the the spinning up noise, there's the winding down noise, there's the there's the various clicks and clacks and grinds and and different noises that different hard drives make, especially when they're in different levels of disrepair. And some of those, it, this only really replicates this one particular type of little clickety click. But it's a it's an instantly recognizable one, and it's beautiful. And I want I want four. I do. He's not selling them yet, but he better. I mean, he has all the pictures up online and it looks like it would be super simple to make based purely on what he's what he's laid out. You know what I mean? That this information he's put up there, I think it'd be enough to to recreate this pretty easily. But oh man, do I want them. I, I I'll put these in all sorts of machines. We need to do an upgraded version though that adds a little bit more in terms of like noises that it could make. But oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, because, you know, especially the older machines, if you've got like an old retro uh, IBM PC or Amiga or an old Mac Quadra or Mac Plus with an external hard drive or something, like you are used to it making noise for the hard drive. And when it doesn't make noise in the hard drive anymore because you've swapped out that magnetic disk for uh, a piece of flash storage you kind of miss the noise. Like, it's nice because it doesn't doesn't make so much noise, right? That is nice. And, and for a lot of cases in the portable computing realm, you also save a fair bit on uh, on battery. It, 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 these A little tiny flash drive. Like, I use an IDE to compact flash or an IDE to SD card adapter to replace hard drives and, and much older laptops. And not only do you get a massive speed boost, I mean massive, for most operations. It also, and it is dead silent and lighter. And plus, on top of all of that, it uses way less electricity. So there's definite benefits, but man, missing those sounds. Those sounds were part of it, you know? It's sort of like earlier when I was talking about having like the CRT monitors and you touch the glass and you tap it and you feel a little static charge with a little when you when your finger touches it after the monitor has been on for a while. Push that little degauss button, boom! You know all that sort of thing. Those physical things where you can feel it, you can feel the energy, you can hear it, you can touch it. Like that's that's a that's a it's a visceral, emotional part of 
of many computers, at least for a lot of us. And this is nice because it adds a little bit of that in. It's ridiculous. It's practically not very useful, but I love it and I want them. All right, let's talk about Canonical. Let's talk about Ubuntu, everyone's favorite orange and brown Linux distribution. So as of now, Canonical has now is now offering what they call Ubuntu Pro. It is a service geared at individuals that is free and it actually seems like a good idea. N normally, I, I, Ubuntu has ideas. Canonical has ideas. Mark Shuttleworth gets up there and he, and he says something. And I'm like, oh, I disagree with that so vehemently. And then I tell them why they're wrong. And they yell at me because I'm obviously wrong about what I think they're wrong about. And then two years later, it turns out I was right and they were wrong. But they still never apologize. This is a thing that's been happening since like 2006, 2007. It's just, it's, it's an ongoing pattern. And I expect it to continue as long as Canonical is a company. However, this was, I think is a smart move. So let me, let me walk you through the details. So Ubuntu Pro is a service, right? It's, it's a support service, essentially. There, there's a few more things to it than that, but it's a support service. If you're a company or a big organization, you got to pay, right? However, quote, anyone can use Ubuntu Pro for free on up to five machines, which means if you're an individual, it's free to upgrade to Ubuntu Pro. I, I get that. So, so what's the point of this? Well, the primary purpose of Ubuntu Pro really is that it gives you 10 years of security updates for the, both the core OS and quote 23,000 other packages for 10 years, 10 years. For the LTS releases, right? That's a good amount of that. See, that's that's much better than a lot of the support out there. Uh, I'm going to read this little quote here. Ubuntu Pro, currently in public beta, expands our famous 10-year security coverage to an additional 23,000 packages beyond the main operating system, including Ansible, Apache Tomcat, Apache Zookeeper, Docker, Drupal, Nagios, Node.js, PHP MyAdmin, Puppet, PowerDNS, Python 2, that's kind of interesting, Redis, Rust, WordPress, and many more. Now, that's kind of interesting. Now, the, I like this a lot. Uh, in fact, for that alone, and it also brings in things like uh, live kernel patching and whatnot, but live kernel patching isn't really something that most individuals are going to be in a position where they're going to want to do. I mean, it's it's entirely feasible that you or me have an Ubuntu server somewhere where we want to do a live kernel patch because of an exploit and we don't want to have downtime. But then again, if we're just individuals, even even if I was running Ubuntu for my servers for the Lunduke Journal, I think I'd be okay with a you know a fifteen to twenty second boom quick reboot, right? Those sorts of things happen every now and then. But having live kernel patching, especially for bigger organizations or ones that can't handle even a few seconds of downtime, I get it. That's that's really handy. Um, <laughs> I actually uh, I I wrote songs about live kernel patching for when I worked for Sousa. I just, I just remembered that. Like I kind of put blocked that out of my head for a second. But yeah, uh, if you look up uh, Sousa's music videos about uh, live kernel patching, uh, you'll find stuff uh, that I that I wrote in there. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> but this is this makes sense to me because basically what they're doing is I've kind of dogged on Ubuntu for their short support because like their their non LTS releases they're supported for months right they're not even a year they're supported for months <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, I mean there's so many Ubuntu releases where if you turn them on you can't it doesn't it doesn't know where any of the repositories are the repositories are gone not just they'd have no support anymore but they don't even have the ability to install new packages or drivers anymore like like it, it can't even install old software it's all gone like you and in some cases you can still get it and you can still find it they've still got those those repositories which i think is really weird they still have those repositories they just rename them such that it breaks their older systems totally artificially and it doesn't give them anything right they you don't you don't get something oh good now i need to go in and change the urls for my debian repositories inside ubuntu <laughs> like you does that doesn't make any sense but anyway i digress this kind of fixes that a little bit so what you do is you go check out uh, the ubuntu pro plan you sign up for it but you don't have to pay anything but you get an account for it and then on five machines that are lts their long-term support machines <clears throat> uh, releases, you get 10 years of updates. You get 10 years of packages and security fixes. That's great. I mean, I, I love that. I, if I was using Ubuntu right now, I would absolutely do this. And, and then what I like about it is I like the business model of it. They're base, it's basically canonical saying, we're going to try and give as much support as we can to the end user, right? They they get that that additional uh, those additional updates and all of that, and in it, and in order to fund that, we're going to charge businesses for that same service, and then we'll provide them like maybe like email or phone support on top of that. But then that that's how they then fund providing additional longer support for their operating systems for end users and for individuals. And I like that. That's a, that to me is a very reasonable business plan and approach. And I like the way that canonical is messaging it. I, I, I honestly do. I, I think it makes a, a great deal of sense. Uh, I, I, I like it. I buy it. I buy that for a dollar. But yeah, if I, if I was using Ubuntu right now, I would 100% use Ubuntu pro because why not? It's free. Right. I mean, I guess the downside is you're giving your personal information to Canonical. Right. I mean, that's that is the downside. And I'm sure Canonical will, you know, be somewhat judicious in how they use that. I, I There's a lot of companies I don't necessarily trust. Like like when people sign up for a subscription with the Lunduke Journal, they can feel confident that I'm not going to sell their email addresses off to some other company. Right. Like I've never I, I just I'm not going to. Right. Uh, that's that's not something I'm going to do. And I kind of feel that way about Canonical. Like, I mean, I just don't feel like all of a sudden because you sign up for Ubuntu Pro. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but I don't feel like you're suddenly going to start getting Facebook emails and, and 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 ads for for all sorts of random Cisco gear and whatnot. Uh, though I don't know if I really mind that, but I don't think I, I don't think that would happen. So I feel pretty good about that. I, I like that. 
What I'm saying is it's a good move from from Ubuntu and from Canonical. I I think it's smart. I think it's totally smart. All right, all right. Those are the core news items this week. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a slow news week, but there's some fun stuff in there. I mean, the the Ubuntu Pro was the biggest news item. Though I tell you what, the big news item for me is that hard drive clicker simulator. That to me, that's news, baby. I watched the little demo videos for that like 20 times. It's ridiculous. I want to end on a joke. I want to end on a little joke here. <laughs> Start on a joke, end on a joke. There's a fine line between a numerator and a denominator. <laughs> I know. I know only a fraction of you guys are going to find that funny. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, realistically, this this might be a pretty divisive joke. This is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, but, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Uh, there's a lot of factors to consider. <laughs> maybe it's too complex. Maybe, maybe it should be simplified. Okay. All right. I'm done. I'm done. I've got no more. <laughs> get no more on top of that um anyway uh those are jokes i definitely i they're just i can't use them for <laughs> for anything else so i feel like sh- slipping them in here oh, okay ah crack me up anyway hope everyone gets to do something fun this week i hope you get to join us for command line week i hope you get to do something nerdy otherwise i hope the sun is shining for you unless you dislike sun then i hope it's raining i hope you get to have a good time and i'm glad you're hanging out here with us uh, i love you all couldn't do what i do without you thank you to all of you not just for the support and keeping the Lunduke Journal with the lights on and thriving and growing so great. Uh, but thank you for all of the members of the community. Uh, your your awesome supportive emails, your insightful comments, uh, just the fun random things you guys post. I, I, you you are an absolute joy to be around, and uh, and uh, it just you make me smile. All of you, you make me smile. So thank you to all of you, and I will see you all a little bit later.